Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Chanel's Language Learning Journey Podcast on Anchor.fm with your host, Chanel Patrice Hancock. It's January 28th, 2019. Five minutes to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here in Akron, Ohio. I want to start off by thanking the sponsors of today's podcast, Episode 58, Flipboard.com, where you can go to look up your favorite magazines, whether it's the New York Times, Sports Illustrated, People, whether you're in favorite newspapers, The Guardian, RT, you name it. They have it. Once you go to their website, flipboard.com, you can search for anything underneath the sun. Politics, sports, fashion, food, technology, business. And what's so cool about it, it's free. What's another thing that's cool about it? It's accessible with Android and iOS devices. And if you're someone that's visually impaired or someone that's completely blind it's accessible 100% out the box I've been using it for years so to those people that are new to the podcast welcome and I have to say you need to go to flipboard.com and check it out it's like the greatest place on the face of the planet you can have your notifications sent straight to your iOS device or Android devices even your Apple watch when your latest article comes out from whatever magazine or newspaper publication you have, it goes right to your phone for free, everybody. And that's the cool part about it. It's 100% free, which is great. So go to flipboard.com. It's a really cool place to go and get the latest information on world events and experts in different fields from around the world. Flipboard.com. Now, let's go straight into today's episode, which is about fluency. And what does fluency mean? Well, fluency means different things to different people. There are four different elements to learning a language. Reading, writing, listening comprehension, and speaking. Well, fluency is the ability to be able to speak a language and have it flow out of your mouth without stuttering or pauses in a confident manner. Now, some people say, well, do you need to learn a language to be speaking like a native in six months? No, because speaking like a native takes longer than six months. You might want to be what's called conversationally fluent. Where you can have a basic conversation in your target language 
about your likes, your dislikes, the weather, your family, your friends, your job, you know, what you did yesterday, anything that you can describe in simple words to someone else. You know, what did you cook yesterday for dinner or lunch? I went for a walk. I cleaned my house. I went to the grocery store and went shopping for food. Any of these normal day-to-day routines that people do every day in their target language. That's conversational. You can have a back and forth conversation. Now, usually that's an A2 on the European language framework. Um, or a B1, which is low intermediate. Most people like to get to at least the B2 because that way they can be a lot more freer in what they want to say. Now, they're not going to be talking about politics or science or mathematics or engineering or the environment or economics, for instance, they're not going to be giving a speech on these topics because that's a whole nother level of speaking. That's native speech, um, C1, C2. When you get to a C2 level, you can practically teach the language because you have been completely absorbed within language you know how to read and be able to extrapolate um, information from the text or the article that you're reading. You would be able to summarize and paraphrase what you had read and put it into a context where people in an academic setting or a business setting would be able to understand it. You would be able to use idioms and puns um, without very little mistakes. That's native. Now, if you're just like everybody else and you want to be able to speak about your normal day-to-day activities, then yeah, Most people like to get to a B2, but then there are some people where they're just like, I just want to go to a restaurant and order some food, have a little bit of chit chat in my target language, or I want to go on vacation for two weeks and I want to be able to give directions to what restaurant I want to go to. I want to be able to operate an ATM machine. I want to be able to make transactions with Um, you know, a store clerk or a bank teller, so forth and so on. So they want to be A2B1. Okay, that's fine too. You know, I don't want to learn it past two weeks because this is what I'm interested in for this trip. So if I want to go to Costa Rica, for example, for two weeks, then I'm going to brush up on my Spanish and whatever vocabulary they may be using in Costa Rica so I would be able to understand how they phrase things so forth and so on 
because every every country has their own dialect of Spanish. They have their own uh, slang and idioms. And you kind of have to know some of that when you go to a particular country because certain words that would be used in Mexico would be used differently in Puerto Rico and and differently in Cuba and differently in Colombia as an example. So um, when you talk about fluency from a speaking standpoint, it's about how it flows, how you're able to communicate with people. And how you're able to understand people too. Now, if you just want to read in the language, then your reading comprehension um, will be higher. Because you want to be able to read newspapers or magazine articles. You want to be able to read literature in the target language. You don't want to speak or you don't want, you know, to listen. It just depends on the individual. And, you know, this is just coming from my point of view because I more am about reading in Braille in the target language. Like, I'm going to be learning Cantonese Braille because I'm learning Cantonese at the moment. So, I'm teaching myself the Braille code for that. And they have a certain structure with the regards to the tones. And I will be listening to a lot of material in Cantonese, authentic podcasts, um, TV shows. I found one that I liked. So I'm going to be utilizing all the material I can get my hands on that interests me. And that's what's important is that this isn't something that you just race into. This isn't a, ru- a race. It's not to be rushed. Take your time and enjoy it. Because you know what? If you want to be native, give yourself a couple years with the language. Now, sometimes if it's a Romance language or a Germanic language and you've already taken Spanish or French or Italian or Brazilian Portuguese or Romanian, you might, you might be able to be a lot more proficient within the next target language because it's similar to the one that you already learned so there might be some sharing of vocabulary words and and grammar structure so forth and so on however every language is different and needs to be treated differently regardless if there is some shared cognates within each language like French Italian and Um, Spanish and Portuguese and Romanian. So with Romanian as an example, if you took French and Italian, you'll be able to understand Romanian. If you took Spanish, you'll be able to understand Portuguese and Italian and French. You know, so it's, it's, it's a process. You know, people think that you can get fluent in three months. I think you can get to a certain level of speaking to someone in three months but it's going to take time on the person's part you're either going to want to start studying for half an hour to an hour every day five days a week and then find somebody to talk to like get yourself a study buddy if you're someone that doesn't like to 
study alone. You know, that's someone that can hold you accountable. You're able to practice with that person if your time zones are the same. Or if they're a little bit off by a couple hours, you'll be able to schedule that with that study buddy. And you can get, you know, go to italki or HelloTalk or Speaky.com or Facebook Instant Messenger, WhatsApp. And you can make friends this way. You know, you can get a professional tutor on italki or you can get a community tutor and you can work on the things that you want to work on in regards to making your conversational target language more than just conversational if that's what your plans are for that particular language like for me i have a um plan to become able to speak at a low intermediate level by my birthday which is june 1st and i think i'll be able to achieve that you know um this week I'm doing a mini goal where I'm going to Benihana restaurant here in Fairlawn, which is a suburb of Akron, and I'm going to go and order me some food in Cantonese for the first time. So that's a mini goal for me. I've already learned the vocabulary. I know how to order food. I've practiced it numerous times. Um, and now I'm ready to go and order some food in my target language and see what the reaction's gonna be of the waitress and the people in the restaurant when I start speaking Cantonese. Now, that's gratifying because I can say, oh, I'm conversationally fluent. I can have a conversation about a variety of different things and in a small space of time, I can order food, I can thank the person, I can you know, because I practice this. You know, I've already had two conversations in Cantonese over the phone recently. I'm starting to pick out stuff on a particular show that I'm watching, vocabulary that I know. And, and it's quite exciting. It, what it does is it motivates you to keep going. So when I use this as an example for everybody out there who wants to be fluent, you know, okay. Right now, I want to be conversational fluent. Then I want to get up to a point where, yes, I want to be able to speak at a, a B2 level. And then I say, after I get to that B2 level, and I know it's going to take about a year, you know, or a year and a half, two years. Okay, fine. I'm in no rush. I'm enjoying the process. And that's something that's important. So this time around, I'm learning the writing system in Braille. So I'll be able to read. You know, like if I wanted to read a newspaper in Cantonese online, I would be able to do it because I taught myself the writing system so I can be literate as someone that has low vision. And for, you know, that gave me motivation to do the same thing for French as well. And I will I will do that so that means you know every day I'll be learning different characters different structures within that particular code in order to be able to 
successfully communicate with a friend of mine from Hong Kong, for instance. You know, and this, this means something because at the end of the day, I'm working towards being literate within the language from a tactile or kinesthetic point of view. And this helps with my vocabulary. This helps with my spelling and get to know what the characters may look like from, from that, that format of, of learning in regards to me being visually impaired. I might not be able to visually see the characters very well because they're small and I might not be able to write them out longhand, but I can, you know, there is Braille in Chinese and there is Cantonese Braille, there's Mandarin, there's Japanese, Vietnamese, and Korean. And I think there's Thai Braille too. However, I said, you know, when I start learning Japanese, I will do the same thing. You know, and I mean, I know people that are blind and have learned Japanese, they learn how to speak it and their comprehension is very good. You know, but they never really learned Japanese Braille because they didn't see what the point was. You know, because they're they're more auditory. Well, I kind of like to be able to write in the language for which I'm learning. You know, so if I need to type something out, I can do so. And it, it helps improve my vocabulary, my comprehension, my grammar. And I mean, now I'm using Mangle Languages app on my iPhone 6S to learn Cantonese and Turkish. And I love it because it helps me with my grammar. I'm able to speak correctly. Um, is you know I'm able to do a chapter a day, and you know I only have two more chapters left in Unit One, which I'll be done with A1 um, level, and I would have done it in a month, which that says something to me as a language learner. I mean, before I just used to use. Michelle Thomas, a little bit of Hemsler, some TuneIn Radio, YouTube, and Memorize. Now I'm using a different app where I get my space repetition in and it, it, it explains it in a little bit more detail and I'm able to understand and be able to retain the information, which will make me more fluent in speaking and understanding what's going on. So, I mean, yes, I will be working on all four skills for Cantonese and Turkish this year. So, and, and this is something that's important because for me, I get to take my keyboard and I get to type in on my keyboard in this particular language and I would be able to communicate with my sighted friends who are polyglots who speak these languages and I'd be able to verbally do it too and if they if they wrote me something and I couldn't read the print I can always look on my display and here's the characters for this particular sentence or sentences that they wrote me and I would be able to read it because I took the time to learn the braille code in order to be able to successfully you know learn the language 
from not just a spoken uh, standpoint, but a written one too. And honestly, this is a journey. It's not a race. It's a process that we all have to go through. We're going to bang our heads over the rails because we want to get fluent faster. Well, honey, all we have is time. And time isn't always of the essence. Mostly, it's more, let's take our time. Let's take a deep breath. And let's enjoy this process. Now, once I do become fluent in speaking, you know, my idea of fluent, I want to be B2. You know, even my good friend, Ollie Richards, if I will teach you language.com. He's not C1 in Spanish, he's B2 in Spanish. You know, he wouldn't be able to talk about politics in Spanish because that's not something he's interested in. He doesn't talk about math and science because that's not something he's interested in. But the fact that he's able to have great command of the language and still be able to function and enjoy it and have good communication with his friends, you know, from Spain and Argentina and and different places, that means something to him, you know. And he's able to communicate in Spanish and French and Brazilian Portuguese and Italian and Cantonese and Japanese and Egyptian Arabic, you know. And yeah, he learned a little bit of Thai, but he made a decision. Okay, I did two weeks of Thai in Thailand and it didn't really go very well. Uh, I don't think I'm going to use this, so I'm going to stop. And that's okay. You can dip and dabble in a language and see if you like it. I did that last year with Brazilian Portuguese. I did six weeks. I did a month of Swedish and a month and a half of Norwegian. And it, the languages weren't for me. So I stopped. And I found Turkish. And I found Cantonese. And I love them to death. And I'm improving upon my listening comprehension and French, because I listen to the news in French every day, so my listening comprehension is becoming more, more um, advanced. I'm able to understand what's going on. I'm able to understand my friends when they speak to me in French via uh, Facebook instant messenger recordings. I'm able to interpret it from the French to the English and back, you know, and I've only been studying French for nine months. But I do this every day, you know, and I also activate it and I I speak it and that helps, you know, but I'm enjoying the process. Have I gone to a place where I could go and order food in French or a coffee or whatever? No, but I will be doing Cantonese this weekend and I will let everybody know how that goes. 
because, you know, this is something that I really enjoy. We have a large Asian community here in Akron, and I want to be able to communicate with these people. I plan on volunteering at one of the Asian nonprofit organizations for the spring and summertime, and I want to be able to communicate. So this is why I want to get to a B1 level, you know, B2 level at speaking it, because I have a goal in mind. My end goal is to be able to volunteer and be able to communicate and that in Cantonese with with um, the people that I'm going to be working with. And that would, you know, be something that makes me feel very good. That I could communicate in someone else's language and learn more about their culture. And I think there's more to language learning than how fluent you are. You know, people are happy when you're just saying a couple phrases, no hoi hoi sama, set gone, guanto ma, ho ho, no gay pom yao. Nato hi, me kwa, le ka. You know, I'm very happy to speak the Cantonese language very well, my friends, here in America. You know, and and that means something to me. You know, I wouldn't have known how to say these things a month ago. Unless I would have taken the opportunity to do so. And, you know, that's fine. I'm enjoying it. I'm living the process. I'm breathing it. I'm speaking it. I'm learning how to write it. I'm, my listening comprehension's getting better. I'm making friends from around the world because of it. I'm able to learn about someone else's culture, their traditions, how they eat, how they drink, how they live life. And that's what matters is that you enjoy it. So you only speak at an A2. Even if you speak at an A1, the fact that you're actually getting off your butt and you're picking up a course, whether it's a teach yourself, an Aussie mill, whether it's Mango Languages, whether it's Memorize, Duolingo, Pimsleur, Michelle Thomas, Living Language, YouTube, TuneIn Radio, you're doing something to take that next step to becoming a successful language learner. And another thing that will help you become more fluent, speak, listen, read, write all the time. You work on these skills, you become so much better. If you only want to work on listening and speaking, fine, do that. You want to work on reading too, do that too. You want to work on writing, like even if that just means you want to write an email to somebody in the target language, that's better than zero. You want to learn how to write your name, your address. You want to take a little note down. I learned how to count in Cantonese. I learned how to, you know, say how much money I have in Cantonese. I learned how to do a lot of things in Cantonese this weekend and I loved it. And the idea of just taking those few steps and just cracking open a book or taking a piece of paper with a pen or a pencil and just writing something down. 
or listening to a podcast in the target language. You know, jumping online and, and, and trying to say hello, how are you, good afternoon, how's your day, how's your family. These things help you become more fluent, whether you realize it. And I hope that this helps. I hope that you're able to understand that, yeah, you're going to make mistakes. I make them all the time. I'm not perfect. Neither is Ollie or Chris Proholm or Kirsten Cable, Lindsay Williams, Benny Lewis. None of them are perfect. They all make mistakes when it comes to language learning. It's a part of life. You know, if you don't make mistakes, if you're not comfortable making mistakes, you will not grow. You will not learn. All you will learn to do is give up. And that's not what you want. You want to be able to succeed. But you also want to learn from your mistakes. I do all the time. And that's a good thing. You know, I'm not afraid to fall flat on my face and say, guess what? I messed up. Okay, where can I improve? Where did I mess up at? Okay, let's let's try this again. And let's try it a different way. So, yes, I used to knock myself down when I was learning Russian. Okay, so my Russian grammar is not the greatest. That's fine. But you know what? I'm giving it the best I can give it. I'm better at speaking it today than I was four years ago when I started learning it with Russian Made Easy by Mark Thompson audio podcasts and when I use Michelle Thomas a little bit of Pemsler you know a lot of TV and that's another thing the more exposure you have to authentic content that you find appropriate for you the better off you're going to be and I want to say Doge sai no gay pomyao. Thank you very much, my friends, for being so supportive of the podcast. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play Store, Spotify, and any of the other podcasting sites where you can download Chanel's Language Learning Journey podcast, C-H-E-N-E-L-L-E apostrophe S, Language Learning Journey podcast, on anchor.fm. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to give me a rating. That actually helps me with people finding me, which is great. If you have a question, please go to anchor.fm slash Chanel Patrice Hancock, C-H-E-N-E-L-L-E-P-A-T-R-I-C-E-H-A-N-C-L-C-K, Chanel's Language Learning Journey podcast, and leave me a voicemail message and I will get back to you with an answer in a future episode. If you have a story about language learning that you want to share on the show, let me know that too, and along with your contact information, and I will get back to you. Um, thank you so much for enjoying episode 58 of Chanel's Language Learning Journey podcast about fluency and language learning. 
Remember, language learning is a journey, not a race. Enjoy the process. And I will see you in the next episode of Chanel's Language Learning Journey Podcast on Anchor.fm. Have a good day.